Take that and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses 14 through 17. We'll look at a number of other verses and passages also, but uh, that's going to be the one we start out with this morning. One other announcement I have uh, and a prayer request. Uh, Some of you are kind of new here, so you don't know about this, but... uh, We have a unique ministry here at Garden Chapel. I don't know of any other church that uh, does this. I don't know of any other pastor that does this. But we have a garden tractor pull ministry. And uh, as a part of that, I get the privilege of running the garden tractor pull at the Pennsylvania State Farm Show this Saturday night. Uh, About 12 or 15 of you are helping. Immediately afterwards, if you'd meet me right down front so we can pray, and I have a few last-minute instructions, if I didn't talk to you and you said you would help me, please come on down so that I don't miss you somewhere along the line, because you will need passes and things to get in to help. But if you're going to pray, here's how we operate. It is not a high-powered, high-pressure evangelistic ministry. It is rubbing shoulders with a bunch of rednecks who like tractors, and looking for opportunities to minister. The gospel, as well as praying with them and counseling with them, all of those things happen. Uh, The people that are helping will be helping to put on the pull. They will be handing out tracts. They will be giving invitations uh, for people to pull up our website. Uh, Our website is being specifically geared in the next several weeks uh, to the gospel message for those that uh, come on. We find we have a big spike in people using it. So we want to use it to get out the gospel as well as looking for the specific opportunities uh, to witness to people and to minister to the Word of God. So if you would pray for myself, it's a lot of work, a lot of organization. It gets... Uh, It gets a little tedious at times, and I'd appreciate it. And if you know anything about the farm show, Saturday is the most congested day of the whole thing. It's the most attended day, and so we'll have to deal with all of that. But um, I'm really excited about it now that it's almost here. But for a few weeks there, I'm like, what did I get myself into again? But uh, So please pray in that direction, and I really would uh, covet your prayers in that direction. And the neat thing is, as I said, it's not high-powered, but even just yesterday, one of the guys called me, and I was talking with him, and by the time it was done, I had to, took the opportunity to ask him if he had trusted Christ, and indeed, he had. Not a strong Christian, not... Uh, at home in a good local church or something like that, but just an opportunity to encourage him that he needs to find a local church to get plugged in and get strong and grow in the the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we'll see the scripture does encourage us to do that. So if you would pray for us, and again, immediately after the service, don't wait around, just come on right down so that you can get home on time. Uh, About 15 minutes is the maximum I'm looking for. Today, I continue the series of sermons uh, dealing with the occult, and when I say that, those things that are obscure and hidden and things like that, that Satan and his demons and the world bring our direction to distract us, to deceive us away from the truths of the Word of God. This morning, I am going to look at the the topic, uh, the Bible Code, because it is one of those things that Satan has used to distract people away from the straightforward, right, black and white in front of you, truths of the Word of God. It is not simply the Bible code that I'm dealing with. 
But anyone who makes extra biblical predictions or prophecies or any of those speculations that people are prone to give out on TV and radio and in books, all of them, when they make those kind of speculations or prophecies or answers to some non-existent code, uh, and they're found to be wrong, according to the Word of God, they're false prophets. If you were a false prophet in the Old Testament, you were stoned. We don't stone people today, but we need to be warned that there are indeed people giving messages that absolutely are not according to the straightforward, black and white, Word of God that has been handed down to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I challenge you in that direction today. I've been here at the church, and believe it or not, in 10 days will I will start my 25th year. That does not seem possible. I'm only 27 years old. Just kidding. No, but seriously, I've been here for a long time, and I believe without fail, every beginning of the year, I have challenged the people of Garden Chapel to get into the Word of God for themselves. You should have in your Bible, and now I lost mine. Oh, there it is. Uh, you should have a, a blue or bluish, greenish kind of uh, uh, flyer that has... <clears throat> a reading plan to go in the Word of God. So I'll give you the end of the sermon first. I am challenging you, as I have done now for, this will be the 25th time, to be in the Word of God on a daily basis in the year coming up. If you're not doing that, this is a way, a tool. It's not the only way. In the past, I had challenged people to read through the Bible in a year. And if you want a really good challenge, read through the Bible in one year. That requires discipline and commitment. I found that about the end of January, beginning of February, there were a lot of people that got behind, got discouraged, and quit. So many years ago, I put together a three-year plan, and that's what this represents. Uh, it takes you one-third of the way through the Bible, about half of the Old Testament. Uh, gives you a passage to read every day. You can use it for a bookmark and keep yourself on track. I don't care what method you use. That's not my point. We make available our daily bread devotional guides. Uh, people use those consistently. My wife, uh, this morning, as with every morning, she is sitting at the, the breakfast table with her, uh, her tea and her toast and whatever else, her oatmeal, whatever she eats, and her daily bread and her Bible. That's consistency. Every single day of the year. I don't know if she misses more than a one or two. But that's what she does with the daily bread. If you use the daily bread, feel free to continue using that. If you need something and you don't like this and you want something like the daily bread, you will find them right out at the mission rack. Pick one up. Get started today. It's the first day of the year. The key thing is, be in the Word of God. It is God's final and complete instruction for life. We need it. Without it, we lose our way. Satan wins without doing a whole lot of work. Because remember, all he wants to do is deceive us, get us off track. So this morning, with that in mind, and Jeff, do we have slides or no? Okay. Can we put them up there? I saw them flipping through here and I wasn't sure what was happening. Well, maybe we don't. Oh, there we are. Okay. <clears throat> have... have how many of you have heard of the book, The Bible Code? 
You've heard of it? Okay, some of you have, some of you haven't. How many of you heard from 20, 25 years ago, backward masking or back masking on records? How many of you were dumb enough to ruin your record by turning it backwards? No, I'm just kidding. No, but you know what? That was people going around, and by the way, there was some truth to it, going around saying there are satanic and other messages. If you take your, your LP and turn it backwards, and you will get those. Most cases, uh, it was so garbled that you had to have somebody interpret it for you because you couldn't really hear what it said anyway. But it was supposedly, there was a hidden message there. And so plenty of people did ruin their records by running them backwards. The point is this. I've always been more concerned about what they said going the right way, the normal way that you listen to it. I propose to you, the Word of God says what it means and means what it says. And what you read in black and white on this page is what you need. That's where I'm going today. And that's why I'm challenging you to be in the Word of God on a regular basis. In fact, it's a daily basis. You've heard me quote in the past uh, several sermons from Isaiah chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. It doesn't specifically talk about the Bible code or something like that. But it does talk about the principle that I'm talking about today. Here's what it says in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. And when they say to you, consult the mediums who whisper and mutter, should not a people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? And now here's the point. To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. There is no light. The word of God is the light that we need for our lives. That's why it's important. Very few of you miss too many meals. Because you know that if you don't eat and drink properly, you won't have life. But yet at the same time, somehow or the other, we think we can skip spiritual nourishment and still thrive spiritually. It just doesn't work. And so I'm challenging you back to the law and to the testimony. And the last part of that, and anything that doesn't speak according to this word, straightforward, is something that is a distraction. After the early service, someone came up to me and said, I did start reading that book, The Bible Code. And I found after I started reading for a while, it didn't take me away from the word of God, but it did distract me. And so I quit reading it because it put ideas in there that simply were not biblical ideas. So let's look at a few of these things. And I will tell you that this whole Bible coding thing absolutely fails all the tests of good biblical revelation and what God wants us to hear and know and to live by. So the first question I'd like to ask, does the Bible present messages that are delivered in code? Number one, is there a need for a Bible code? The answer is no. Trying to find hidden messages is not something that is to be desired, nor is it needed. I'd like you to turn your attention to the the passage that I encourage you to turn to earlier. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 14. You, however, continue. This is the Apostle Paul uh, writing to a young pastor by the name of Timothy. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and have become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. 
He learned them from his grandmother, his mother, and from the Apostle Paul. He said, think about the people you learned them from. Think where it came from. Verse 15 goes on, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings. That is referring to the Old Testament scriptures, the law and the prophet and the Psalms. He says, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Now, we do not live under the Old Testament law. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. We have a new law that's way higher than any of the Old Testament law. That covered the outside. It governed our performance on the outside. But the law of Christ works on the inside and is much higher. It's not okay to just say, thou shalt not commit murder. It says, now he who hates his brother is a murderer. It's not okay not to commit adultery. He says, the one who he has lust in his own heart, he's already an adulterer in his heart. The one who covets is a thief, an idolater. That's the new law. So we live under a higher law. But it still gives us the principle. God has spoken and the Old Testament was Enough information to make us wise unto salvation. Why? Because the Old Testament law said you can never be good enough. No matter what you do, no matter how many sacrifices, no matter how many prayers, no matter how many good works, it all comes down to you still fall short. And it was a schoolmaster, a tutor to lead us to Christ, according to Galatians chapter 3. And so uh, the Apostle Paul says, Timothy, remember this. This is where you were, and it's leading you to faith in Jesus Christ. Because he alone is the one that can give us God's righteousness. Then it goes on, and you probably already have memorized the next verse. But it says, all scripture is inspired or breathed by God, produced by God, and is profitable for teaching information, for reproof, showing us where we're wrong, for correction. That's the repair that we need in our lives and for training in righteousness. Training to make us useful in ministering to other people. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Why do we need the word of God? Because it gives us information. It shows us where we're wrong. It shows us how to repair or to deal with that wrong. And then it equips us to be useful, profitable, helpful in this world to other people. It does everything we need spiritually. That's what he wants. He didn't add this. And oh, by the way, Timothy, make sure that you use Equidistance letter sequencing. And by the way, that's what Bible code comes from. But you have to go through and you've got to find uh, what is going on in the Bible because it's hidden. It's obscure. And unless you have a computer, you'll never find this out. He doesn't do any of those. He just says, you have read the Old Testament. You've been taught the Old Testament. You have heard what I have preached to you. Live by that. That's what you need. So we're not looking for something additional. Remember, anyone who adds to the Bible and it does not come true, God is not happy with. The Old Testament, do away with them. They're a false prophet. 
And I have to tell you, there have been well-meaning people that have gotten dragged into this. I've had people actually at Garden Chapel come up to me and said, Hey, did you read that book, The Bible Code? Man, that is really neat. And these are people that I looked at as mature, solid Christians. And I'm like, what in the world? Where, where did you get off track? Because the Bible says what it means and means what it says and all of these other things. And I'll give you some examples as we go along here. Just will lead us off track. The critical need is for us to learn our Bible and allow it by faith, by obedience to control our lives. The whole emphasis of the Word of God is the spiritual welfare and spiritual future of people. These whole things that come by prophecy or Bible code or uh, those types of things normally focus not on any of those things. In fact, there's a lot of times they are contradictory to what the Bible says. Some of them are downright blasphemous and some are just erroneous. But they talk about individual people and economics and... and uh, world crisis and those things. The Bible doesn't concentrate on that because that's not what God tells us is important. But as you, I've already said before, Satan and his demons will do everything to distract us and lead us astray from the truth that leads to salvation, that points to Jesus Christ, that gives us clear communication that anyone that can read can Understand, and you can read it, and you may not understand everything, and I'll get back to that in a few moments. But the plain text of Scripture is what you want to do. Even before the Bible code, was, the book, the Bible code was written, there was another guy a number of years ago who made the claim that if he took this equidistance letter sequencing, and I'll explain that in a moment, Every seven letters, if you took any passage in the Bible and you took every seven letters, you could prove whether it was inspired or not. Now, I don't have time to talk about how we know the Bible is inspired and what belongs in the Bible this morning. But I can tell you that none of them have to do with equidistance letter sequencing. Because they don't. It has to do with God breathing it. That's what this passage said. God produced it and gave it by the power of the Holy Spirit to those very specific people who wrote it down and passed it on to us. And they, all of those scriptures were acknowledged from the very beginning as being given by God. That's how you can know. That's the real short version of it. None of this stuff about we can go in and we can prove it by picking out letters. In the Word of God. In the Old Testament, God had warned the people in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and many other places, of course, that they needed to stick with the Word of God. But they did not. And they went off and they worshiped false gods. And here's what God said to them. That they forsook the covenant of the Lord. In this Deuteronomy chapter 28. They forsook the covenant of the Lord. And they went off and they worshiped all these other gods and they got away from God. And God said that He is going to uproot them in His fury. Why? Because they had gotten away from the very specific things that God had communicated to them. Which is now part of our Old Testament. They had just simply gotten away with from it. And then verse 
29 of Deuteronomy chapter 29 says this, and this verse is used out of context all the time. But it says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever, that we may observe all the words of this law. Notice, not looking for prophecies, not looking for those coded things someplace. He says, no, all the words of this law. And he says, if there's things that you don't know, and by the way, there are things I don't know, and I never will know, and I may never even know them for all eternity. I don't know. But here's what God says. There are things, he's God. He he is just way, way, way above us. Things that we may never understand. But the things that we need to understand, the things that are revealed, those are for us and our children after us. So guess what? You need to learn it for yourself, but you need to turn around and teach it to your children and your grandchildren, etc. To those that you minister in youth group or Sunday school class or wherever it happens to be. Young ladies, when you're ministering with Encounter, that's what we want. Passing on to them what we have learned. That's what God wants us to do. He says, don't get distracted by these other things. And some of them are just neutral. They mean nothing. Most of them mean pretty much nothing at all. But some of them are truly getting you off track. Stay away from them. Because the things revealed are the things that are important. And we have, indeed, the Word of God. Now, is there evidence that there is Bible coding? Now, you're going to think, boy, this guy's crazy. But guess what? Yeah, there is some coding in the Bible. But not the kind of thing that I've just been talking about right now. See, because equidistance letter sequencing says this. I take a, a starting place and I pick a letter. And then I decide how many letters from there will be the next letter of this code. Now, it can go any direction, backwards, frontwards, up, down, vertical. No, that's not vertical. Diagonal, I'm sorry. Uh, And it can be any number of letters in between. Literally, they went so far as to have 13,000 letters between letters of supposedly the code. That's how bizarre this gets. I'm going to tell you, go home, get your newspaper out, and start doing that. If you do it long enough, you can write the encyclopedia. But you reject what doesn't come out. What they also don't tell you is that spelling doesn't matter. They don't tell you that definitions of a word don't matter. And if you look at it, and I'm not recommending you read the book, but you can go home online and look it up and you can see the bizarre things that come out of this. But you know what? If it doesn't make sense, you just simply reject it. That doesn't get recorded. Well, I'll tell you what. God doesn't operate that way. God is straightforward in what he says. And he says, if they have revealed it, it's for you. The things that he has revealed many places in in the Bible says, I did it in the open. That's what Jesus said. I didn't do anything in a corner. I told you in the open what you need to hear. The word of God is exactly that way. There are things, by the way, that are hard. I'll get to that in a few moments. But the Bible does have some things that you can look at and say, well, that's kind of a code, but not that kind of thing. For example, I'm challenging you to read the beginning of the New Testament. The word, uh, the, the numbers, like three, 
If you check it out, you will find that many times when the number three is used or something is used three times, it's talking about divine fullness or divine perfection. For example, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Looking at the divine perfections of God and His holiness so far above us. So separated from us. The word six. And this one I know for a fact. Because when you get to the book of Revelation, it tells us that six is the number of a man. A lot of people have speculated about six, six, six. Oh, it was Adolf Hitler and it was Henry Kissinger. And I mean, there's a list as long as your arm. Well, anybody that picked one of those, and so far they've all been wrong... They're all false prophets. And they supposedly, by some coding system, came up with that. Well, they're all wrong. By the way, it's not just the book. It's any of these things that go in that direction. They're wrong. Man was created on the sixth day. He was told to work for six days. Those types of things. But then, in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, it says this. And it's talking about the... uh, The uh, Antichrist, it says, And he causes the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand and or or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy and sell except without the mark, without, without, will be able to buy or sell unless they have the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Verse 18 says it this way. There is, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man. And his number is 666. It's the number of a man. It doesn't tell us who it is. It doesn't give us a code to figure out who it is. It just simply says six is the number of a man. It's interesting, and the King James Version got it right, but we don't read three score anymore. By the way, anybody here know what a score is? What's score? 20. Okay, John knows what it is. But uh, if I didn't look it up, I wouldn't know what a score is. But guess what? They got it right. Because in the book of Revelation in Greek, it says 666. Three separate sixes. Why? Because he's the ultimate of the man. He's the superman. Why? Because he's empowered One of only two people we know of that will be empowered and dwelt and possessed by Satan himself. The one is the Antichrist that we're looking at here. Who is the other one? Who is the other one? Dwelt, indwelt directly by Satan himself. Judas Iscariot. Iscariot. John, you, you get the prize today. Come on, what's wrong with the... Okay, you just did. You all knew that. I know you knew that. But anyway. But you know what? He's the Superman. But he's a man. He's not God, but he sets himself up as God. And that number just makes it clear. Oh, yeah, he looks higher than all other men, but he's still a man. So that's the number six. Seven, obviously the number of completion. In seven days, God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. And then there's the number 40. You probably heard about this one before. It's the time of trial or punishment or prohibition or probation. Or a time of a special experience. You know a bunch of them. For example, 
when God was going to destroy the earth by water. Forty days the water kept coming up. How about the children of Israel when they disobeyed God and refused to go into the promised land after they came out of Egypt? He said, for 40 years you're going to go around in circles in the desert because you would not listen to me and be obedient. And so for 40 years they wandered around in the desert till all the people over 20 years old had died. How about Moses? When he went up to get the law and the Ten Commandments for 40 days, he was on Mount Sinai. Very different kind of time. What about Jesus? Right before he began his public ministry, for 40 days and 40 nights, he was in the desert. And Satan was tempting him. Again, are there codes in the Bible? And so when you see something like that in the Bible, you can say, oh, maybe I ought to check into this. The answer is, yeah, you can do that. Don't get hung up on it. But the truth of the matter is, there are those types of things in the Bible. But notice, not a single thing that I told you was hidden. You didn't need a computer to do equidistance uh, letter sequencing. You could just look at it and see what it said. That's okay. We do that all the time. We, we have codes and we, you say something, everybody knows exactly what you mean. We have even almost different languages for almost every profession known to man because... A doctor says this word, and everybody knows what it is, but it would take me three paragraphs to explain it. But they can talk to each other, and they know what. I could give you theological words that would take me a whole sermon to explain, but I don't choose to use them because it would take me a whole sermon to explain, or you'd go home saying the guy, I don't know what he was talking about. We all do that. What is the emphasis of Bible coding? As already mentioned, it is not the spiritual welfare and future of mankind. It's cultural, it's social, it's political, it's economic. God is not in that business. That is not what he wants for us. Why do people look for these things? I mean, if you're saying it's so far off, why would anybody want to do this? I think there are a couple of things. First of all, We like things that are mystical. We like to think we know something nobody else knows. It's why gossip is such a juicy thing. I know something you don't. And you know what? That gives me a sense of power. And I got some authority. See? So if I could find a hidden message in the Bible, I'd have something you don't. Well, guess what? You're not getting any hidden messages from me, so you'll have to get a different pastor for that. Because I have a hard enough time with straightforward stuff. You know, it takes, it takes me to my edge. Um, people are always looking for something new. They want to, in some cases, and they start out legitimately trying to prove that the Bible is true. Again, the Bible itself uh, proves that it's true. So what are the problems with it? Bible coding. First of all, it's infallible. I already hinted at that in the past. You see, if I started saying I'm going to do every 10 letters or whatever it is, and it comes out something that's really goofy, all I do is just wipe it away, put a different number in the computer and a different direction in the computer until I come up with something that I think makes sense. So I can always be right, except that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's added anything. In fact, a lot of times uh, it comes out exactly opposite of what the Bible talks about. And you might say, yeah, but some of these things are hard. Couldn't it be that God did that? The answer is, of course God could do that. The question is, did he do that? The answer is, no, he didn't. There are indeed things that are hard in the Bible. 
nobody would disagree with that. All of you that are teachers, you know you put in a lot of time and effort to figure out what the Bible is saying. And you have to compare Scripture with Scripture and know what the words mean and what the context is and all those things. Yeah, I didn't make that up, by the way. The Apostle Peter wrote that. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, this is what the Apostle Peter says. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. And regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you. As also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which... The untaught and the unstable distort as they do the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. The Apostle Peter said, let's call it the way it is. Not everything in the Bible is easy. You didn't go 12 years to school and then a lot of you to college uh, because learning is easy and everything is easy to understand. No, it requires diligence. It requires a lot of hard work and it requires time. The Word of God is no different. That's why you can't just go to church on a Sunday morning and say, well, that's what Pastor Paul said, because that's a half an hour out of a whole week. You need additional work in that direction. You need to know what it says and be able to start putting it together. And that takes some time. It takes diligence. It takes discipline. It's a lot of work to be able to do that. And uh, Peter said, yeah, but Paul taught. And when you look at some of his things like Romans, I mean, you, be- you better be on your toes because it's not that easy at times. But it never contradicts and, and doesn't do those kinds of things. But what are the dangers? So you've talked about a few things here. So what are the dangers about these whole things? First of all, some of the messages are absolutely incompatible with the Word of God. They contradict the Word of God. Some of them are simply uh, questionable. A lot of people would equate what they're saying as equal with Scripture. Now, there is never anything that can ever be equal with Scripture. You've seen me do this before. There's never another book or never another revelation that's equal with Scripture. It's either going to be this way or this way. If you're going to look at these other things, look at them through the lens of the Word of God. And then you can tell if it's real or not. But here's what always happens in any cult or occult religion and um, teaching is because they'll say, yeah, we believe the Bible. We believe what the Bible says. But they take their revelation and put it this way, and they look at the Bible through their revelation, which distorts it. They become the unstable and untaught that it's referring to here. And so the danger is that these unproven, wrong ideas get stuck in a higher position than the Word of God. The man who wrote the Bible Code, and you can go look this up, it's page 179 if you want to do that. Here's what he said. If you doubted any of this so far, here's what he said. The message of the Bible Code is that we can save ourselves. Now, there's a context that goes with that, but it's not, it's not a, taken out of context. 
That's what he said. This Bible code, what he is writing in his book, says we can save ourselves. I've got to tell you, that's blasphemous. That is not biblical. That is contradictory to the Bible because the Bible says it's only through Christ. We don't have anything to contribute to this because God has created us and he has made the way of salvation. Anything that contradicts that is going to be wrong. We must reject it. We cannot allow anything that's anti-Christian, anti-biblical to be a part of what we base our lives on. No, it's all around us. And I would say, if you think I'm just picking on some of these things, and I'll pick on a few more things, if you watch the History Channel and the Discovery Channel, and they have anything about the Bible or Christianity or ancient whatever, I'm telling you, be aware Because you're going to be told a whole lot of things that are absolutely not true and not biblical. I'm not telling you you don't watch them. I'm just saying if you do, you better watch them this way. Like I'm going to be looking this way. Better look at it and say, is this from the Bible? Is this true or isn't it? Only the Word of God is the final authority. That's what we need for our lives. Other information is just simply not reliable. And if you were to look this up, and I'm not going to bore you with all of that, but the messages that have come from these kinds of coding things are just irrelevant in most cases because they're already history. Some of them are, yeah, this is going to happen, but it won't happen. Some of them are in the future, which are are so vague that you could make it say anything you wanted by the time it may or may not happen. It's just not there. God hasn't left us without information. He hasn't left us with the ability to be wise in life. And wise, a wise person is somebody who takes the truth and puts it into practice in their life. A fool is the one who knows the truth and doesn't practice it. But he's given us everything we need to live this life. And yes, is it hard? Mm-hmm. Does it require diligence? Yes. Do we need to work at it? Of course we do. But it's here. And I'm challenging you one more time before I close. Is this is God's word. It is the complete and final revelation and authority that God has given to us. If it doesn't match this. If it contradicts this. It cannot be true. It's coming from a source. And it's not God. It can come from the mind of man. Yes. But I will tell you that Satan and his demons will do whatever they can do to distract and deceive us. And in any way he does, he doesn't care how he does it, and he doesn't care who he hurts in the process. He will do it. I'm warning you, I beg you, to the word, to the law, and to the prophets, to the testimony. If it doesn't jive with this, it's coming from someone who has no light. I propose to you, they have no light. Let's all stand together as we close in a word of prayer. Father, we are challenged by you to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the word of God consistently in our lives, we cannot do that. And so today, I pray that you would convict, challenge, and encourage in the lives of those that are here today to stay in the word of God on a consistent, daily, regular basis so that they would be strong in the Lord 
and the power of his might. They would be able to see the deceptions of this world. They would be able to live wisely. And Lord, they would have a life that's worth living and a hope that's worth looking forward to. But most of all, Lord, that it would keep their focus on the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has done everything for us and wants to continue working in us. Lord, we thank you for that challenge today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Go with God. Have a happy new